What's going on, friends and family? Thank you guys so much for joining every day is a Saturday. I'm your host, Brian Roof. Hey guys, another great day, another great episode. We got two guests on today. And uh, my next guests are from a nonprofit organization called 22 Mohawks. The nonprofit is dedicated to being the first point of contact for service members when they return home from duty. Their goal is to provide the physical, mental, and financial support veterans need while bringing together their loved ones and communities. They also connect vets with emotional support dogs, gym memberships, mental health awareness classes, and much more to empower them to overcome the many obstacles they face each day. Let's meet our next heroes, Dave and Stacy. Hey, Brian, how are you? Thanks for having us. Hey, Brian. Absolutely. Welcome to the show. I appreciate you guys for coming on. We so, appreciate uh, it. Uh, get to know a little bit about Dave and Stacy and uh, tell us a little bit about you guys yourself and uh, how 22 Mohawks become. So. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So we're uh, we're located up here in about 30 minutes south of Boston, Massachusetts, um, in a town called Millis. And um, Stacy and I actually went to junior high school together. We sat next to each other in junior high and she would um, she would cheat on my my papers. Um, I'm just kidding. Oh, no, sure. yeah, that's the way it was. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's um, the way. <laughs> I let him go with that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I joined I joined the army in 2001. I was actually um, on September 11, 2001. I was actually sitting at Fort Benning, Georgia. I think it's now now called Fort Moore, which is very very sad. Um, I was sitting at Fort Benning, Georgia, and I was wearing jeans and a BDU top, and um, they had just handed me my dog tags. And I was getting my first military ID photo taken when the first plane hit the, the World Trade on September 11, 2001. So I was not even, um, you know, I hadn't even started basic really at that point. Um, so that was that was crazy. But I spent the next 16 years in the Army in various various units. Um, I did some time in recruiting. I did time with the 10th Mountain Division, um, 214, who I deployed with. Um, I spent time at the 82nd Airborne. And then I spent time in um, at the SWIX. I went through the special forces course, but ended up hurting my back, um, in the echo course right before Sage started. So I never got my beret and that'll always feel like unfinished business, but a great experience nonetheless. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So after that, I got, I got medically discharged in 2016 and had my 50 meter target, which was get, uh, get my college degree in finance and, uh, become a bazillionaire, um, managing people's wealth. And, uh, when I credit the bazillionaire, point yet but you know i did get my degree in finance and got my licenses in finance and um in around and around 20 yeah year 2020 i was you know cruising facebook and i saw that a good friend of mine john hatfield had died by suicide and um he had actually died by suicide in 2017 but he was a really really close close friend of mine up until i got out of the army and i just kind of lost track of him even i i knew he was high risk but i never really checked up on him you know, I just left left service and got my degree. Um, so the guilt from that, you know, kind of took over a little bit. So I kind of felt the need to do something. Um, I was in a position where I could do something with the autonomy at work. So I was trying to think of something that I could do to raise awareness for John and, and other people so they didn't have to, one, die by suicide, and two, as a leader, feel the way that I felt when I, when I lost John because I, I almost feel semi-responsible for not having reached out to him enough. So I... Uh, you know, obviously 22 um, is the average number of the offsided average number of veteran suicides per day. 
Um, we all, we obviously all know that it's probably way more than that, but those numbers will come out in September. But um, uh, the Mohawk actually represents it rep represents the stigma, and it represents the willingness to you know do things that most people won't do. And um, I was trying to replicate something that would create excitement and get some visibility, kind of like the ice bucket challenge. So I shaved a mohawk into my head, posted on social media, and said, "Hey, um, whoever else posted a mohawk, I'll donate 100 bucks to Mission 22. Um, you just post a mohawk and then hashtag Mission 22, tag me, and, I, and I'll, I'll donate." So obviously, Stacy was the first one to get a mohawk, and um, that started our reconnection, really. And then, um, you know, we got a bunch of mohawks. I, I ended up donating, a, you know, a couple grand to Mission 22, but um, that, that's kind of how it started, and. Um, I don't know, Stacey, you want to talk a little bit about what your side up into that point? Um, well, like David mentioned, we went to junior high together. So and we stayed in connection, you know, when he was in the army, we'd message every once in a while and stay in contact. And then in 2009, my father, he was a Coast Guard veteran. He died by suicide. Um, and I never really understood or knew what a career in the military was, even though my dad had served. Um, until I started working closer with this organization and, and doing this stuff. But um, that that sparked me like when Dave said he did the calling to get a Mohawk and, you know, post it on social media to bring awareness. Of course, I did it. And then that's how he and I got um, connected back together. And we kind of just been diving headfirst into this and doing all we can to help people since then. That's absolutely amazing. But um, yeah, so from that point, you know, we got a, we got a good a bit of love on the Mohawks. So uh, I was like, you know, what, uh, what excites me? What can I do to bring a bunch of veterans together? You know, and um, so I, I registered for 10 veterans to do a tandem parachute jump locally in Massachusetts. And uh, the way we do it is basically we tell everyone to register about six months before the event. And then, you know, a couple of weeks before the event, we draw the names. Right. Again, another way to just kind of create excitement. And, um, I think we actually got, I actually got 10 registrations and had 10 veterans. And, um, so we jumped at, um, um, Pepperell skydive and 10 veterans came, they brought their families, they brought some friends. And then we went and had a, a dinner, um, locally and it was all funded by, by myself. Um, I thought it was, you know, that's the best way to do it. Like, Hey, I'll pay for your jump. You just get yourself there and I'll pay for your family and your dinner to kind of give back to my community. And, um, it was, it was a great event, great night. Um, you know, people got up, told stories, people jumped. It was, I'm friends with every single one of those people to this day. Some of them have since got a dog from us, since come to Florida with us. So um, it was very impactful for such a kind of a short day. It was like three or four hours, people jump, we eat dinner. But um, that's what we wanted to do, right? We want to bring in the community, bring in veterans, bring in their family. And um, I was like, man, that was, that was a big success. You know, I'm going uh, to do this every year, but I need a landing page website so I can you know, have a place where everyone can go see pictures and register. Um, so when I remember reconning for a, a website, it was like three to five grand or something to, to get a, a website. I'm sure it's probably more than that now, but um, I was like, shit, if I'm going to pay, you know, three to five grand to get a website, I might as well come up with some other services to provide that I can, that I'm, I have the capacity to, you know, bring in. Um, I'm, I've since learned that the capacity, that's a, that's a funny word because it just keeps coming. But um, the, uh, so we created a website, took about two months to build and then we launched it late August. It, it finally launched. And, um, and then early September we got a, uh, a call. Uh, oh, so no, on the website, that's right. So on the website, I put, well, my service is going to be gym memberships. 
it's going to be the the tandem parachute jump um and it's going to be dogs right because not every veteran needs a service dog i think i think the majority of us don't need a service dog some of us think we need it but we can all get away with probably a very well-trained animal so i'm like shoot i'm like i'll pay for training and i'll I'll pay for dogs right i'll rescue a dog from a rescue shelter uh they're very inexpensive investment and pay for training um right so i put that on there come september i got a call or, or two days after I launched the website, I got a call from Mike McGee in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, saying that he needed a dog. He was in bad shape. Um, so I. Well, backing it up, he sometimes mistaken this. So he decided he was going to do the, the dogs. And then all of a sudden there was like two dogs that he had gotten from the local shelter at the house. Because he's like, I got to have dogs because if I'm going to post it and somebody's going to call, I need to have a dog ready. And I'm like, what are you doing? Um, because there's like these two dogs running around peeing and pooping everywhere. And I'm like, Oh, oh my yeah, gosh. Um, and oh. then you can continue. So. She's right. Yeah. So I went everything. <laughs> it happened instantly. There's no waiting. Yeah. So I, I yeah, I literally, I, I went. Know how that is. Yeah. When you we right. got an idea, man, shoot, we got to do it now. That's right. That's right. We have to um, come up with a plan none, after. One is none. Two is one is how I looked at it. So I got two dogs, right? Um, nice. Mike called me. I need a dog. The next day, Stacy and I drove to, um, Cape Cod, which is like an hour and a half away, handed Mike the dog. His dog's name is Axel. And um, we were like, wow, that was really cool. It was all, like he hugged us, was brought a tear to his eye. Like um, it was like a life-saving act of kindness. And I think I paid like less than a thousand bucks for both dogs and t- took three hours. Drove down there, dropped the dog, drove back, right? So I'm just trying to paint the picture of what it actually takes to just do something to s- save a life, right? Not much, right? Um, well, I say that, but not much for, you know, many people, maybe it might be much for some, but that changed everything that, that could, that person to get that dog couldn't have been the best person for the dog. Couldn't have been a better person for the dog. So Mike then connected us with a local um, trainer, professional canine services who partnered with us and told us that they would source dogs for us and do the training for us. Um, So what we did was we fundraise, we get the money, we would purchase the dogs and then have the dogs trained and then hand them off to um, the veteran. Um, so since since September of 2021, we've done 75 dogs. Um, wow. Some of them are in different states, but we've done 75 dogs. We've done one cat, one cat we've done two, um, which is pretty cool. And uh, that that gentleman who got a cat ended up getting a dog from us too, because you know his. I think he broke up with his girlfriend. His girlfriend took the cat. Um, cat was cute as hell. But um, <laughs> so we've done 75 dogs. The training is we, we've really really started to get very good at the training. We have three trainers, um, Angie and Kevin, both prior Marines. They're both um, straight out of uh, Marine Corps um, canine handler um, wow. unit. Um, so nice. they have an extensive training. Yep. Nice. Um, and then we have Dawn. Dawn uh, was in the Marine Corps too. She did 20 years. And she um, she is our like senior trainer, and she does all these group training sessions. Um, so it's a good group of people. Marines, we know they're going to get the job done and they do it well. Um, so, so, <laughs> um, so during that time frame, we, we met a couple of people. I met um, this guy who's now on our team. I'm in Cafell. I'm in, I'm in Cafell is a great guy, well-rounded police officer. He's written a book, pu- um, published a book last month. He's just a really good guy. He, he connected us with an airborne school down in Florida and, um, We've since created what's called the, um, the air, biannual parachute airborne retreat, where we fly 20 veterans 
to Florida twice a year to go through essentially Army Airborne School. It's an abbreviated Army Airborne School. So it's seven days of ground school. And, um, and then they do, they do five jumps. We get foreign jump masters so they can get their, their foreign jump wings. But they actually get certified. They're certified paratroopers, static line paratroopers. And um, I'm, sure, I'm sure most of your listeners, and you, you know, Brian, you know, static line is you get the yellow cord hooked up. You jump out the, the, the aircraft and the, the static line will pull the chute for you. Right. So it's like 1,250 feet um, for height. Um, so we fly people from all across, across the U S the idea now is, is we've, we've started to really do a good job at restructuring the program where we have partners come in and, um, do mental health therapy one-on-one in group. So after the veteran jumps and tackles that newfound fear, which is jumping out of an airplane, right. Um, cause I think it's like 1% of people that we bring down actually is a already jump certified, jump qualified. They tackle that door, they jump out and they're like, Oh my God, that was great. And then they come to the, the, um, the house, the schoolhouse and there's mental health therapists there to talk to them about their experiences. And that's when it kind of, they can kind of let unload whatever their trauma might be, whether it's combat related, non-combat related, family related, whatever their trauma is or what they're going through, they spill the beans and it just, it relieves a lot of that, that, um, you know, tension, anxiety that they have. Um, e- even if it's in for the short term, right. It's not a, not a long-term play because they, they come, they jump, they leave, but it, it is some short-term relief and, um, it's a huge value add. Everyone has a good time. And, um, like I said, we, we bring in foreign jump masters. They give everybody blood wings at the end and everyone gets their, their standard us airborne wings, um, from the schoolhouse. And then they get uh, foreign jump wings as well. And, um, that's, uh, those are our, our two, two core services, but we have a couple, a couple other smaller services too. If you want to maybe touch on those, Stacey. Yeah. So Dave actually is a financial advisor by his career day job. So we also offer free finance one-on-one and group sessions through, um, through his organ, through his business where he works, which is a great value add. Um, we also have two therapists, um, licensed therapists that volunteer with us. So one is Dr. Kafori. She's um, out of locally here. She's a Harvard grad. She's amazing. She works a lot with specializes in children with suicidal ideations and does a lot of family work. Um, she's been doing great work with us volunteering her time. And then we also have um, Kevin Foley. He works at the VA and he's a combat veteran. So we have those two people on call whenever, you know, somebody may need something more than what Dave and I and the rest of the team can provide. We can we can set them up with that. We do weekly local meetups here um, where we're at based out of. So every Wednesday we meet from six to eight. Um, we do the ORP. We just get together. We have speakers come in. Um, we have a great group of core people. And then we have some people that show up, um, new people all the time, which really is a huge value add, even if it's one extra, not extra, but one more person that, you know, we haven't met before that show up. We find that, you know, just people getting together, sharing their stories and knowing they're not alone in, in the stuff they're going through is, is huge. Um, we do a book, a book battalion, we call it, but it actually is really successful because anything we can do broader, like on a zoom, we love. And so we were able to get people um, from all over and we pick a, a veteran military base book, you know, maybe has to do with PTS, uh, TBI traumas, whatever. And then we'll get the author on one of the zooms with us too, which is pretty cool. Um, but that was really successful last year. So we're going to do that again this year. And then of course we need funding to do what we do. We're hundred percent volunteer based. So, um, everybody who you see working with us, they're all volunteers. 
Um, and so we, of course, have some fundraisers. We have a local golf tournament coming up, a 0K, 5K race. And um, recently, we've done dogs in every state. So if people want a dog, somebody needs a, a dog in another state, what we do is we we find them a dog locally, maybe at a rescue locally, or if we even sometimes have to transport dogs, we've done that. Um, and then we'll find them training near where they live so they don't have to travel far. So we'll, we'll connect with some local trainers and see who fits best with us and then set them up with training. Um, we cover the cost of the dog and the training. Anything thereafter um, is up to the veteran to cover like daily expenses for the dogs and vet bills and things like that moving forward is theirs. But we cover the training in the dog. And we've, we've done that in numerous different states, but we recently had um, Sergeant Floyd Dunn out of Illinois. He, he's been a longtime supporter of us. He, he's pretty big in like the beef jerky hot sauce community. And uh, he's always just supported us since we've mm -hmm. started. And he just met us on Facebook, you know, and he would just get people to send us products for raffles, raffles. and that. And then, and then he, he wanted to step up and start doing fundraisers for us and, and kind of creating a smaller division of what we do out here where he's in Illinois, Sterling, Illinois. So he's been really stepping up and he's doing a tandem parachute jump um, every September. The first event that we did that Dave mentioned every September 3rd, we do the tandem parachute jump here in mass. And so he's going to start one um, this September in Illinois. He'll be doing one. And our bigger vision is to have one of those jumps in all 50 states you know, in the next couple of years coming forward. So we're always looking for other people that, you know, want to step up and um, kind of we're blueprinting it and just seeing how we can get more of what we're doing, you know, stamped all over the place. It's such a good start to Suicide Awareness Month, which is September. You know, if we could get every one person, every state to have 10 jumpers, um, we'd help them fund it. We'll help them fundraise. Um, so that day in every state, everyone's tandem jumping for veteran suicide awareness, suicide prevention. I think that that would be really, really cool to just kind of start off to kick off to uh, Suicide Awareness Month. Yeah. And how cool would that be like to just get everybody to videotape and, and tie all of them into one thing, you know? It'd be amazing. Eventually, that would be awesome, huh? I would love I that. Yeah. We're going to do it. It's going to happen. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean, with uh, you guys' ambition and stuff like that, you guys obviously you guys have your hands in a lot of things and you're giving a lot of different avenues. So uh, I, I know that you guys, the way you guys are going, it's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> that's, that's I what I that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I appreciate that a lot. Really. That's some really, you're right. Yeah. That's a good way to way to put it. But uh, um, I, I have a couple more things I, I want to add, but did you have something? Yeah, you keep to going. No, no, no. I want you to keep on going, man. This is your show. Awesome. Thank you. The, um, I just want to note that it's not, it's not just us giving a dog and it's not just us, um, you know, parachuting other planes, both are just such great, great things in, in themselves. Um, but it's, it's designed a certain way to really help, uh, help the veteran, help their families and kind of protect each other. Um, and I'll give you an example. So our dog program, so we'll source a veteran will call us, We'll source a dog and then we'll pair that veteran with the dog, right? Usually takes about two weeks um, on average. And if, 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 if all goes right with the dog breed and all that stuff. Um, and what that dog does is that dog creates um, a purpose for the veteran, right? And then Stacy does a really good job at always talking to the veteran. We'll text message, we'll email. So that veteran knows that 22 Mohawks, Dave and Stacy uh, are top of mind at all times. Hey, how are you? How's Fido doing? 
what are you guys up to? Are you coming to training? Because we have training every Sunday. Um, now, the training every Sunday does two things. It allows us to see the veteran and make sure that the veteran's good to go. Um, make sure that they, they're visibly healthy um, and they're, they're mentally healthy just by talking to them. Um, it also allows us to see the dog. Is the dog healthy? Is the dog being fed? Because if the dog's not healthy, dog's not being fed, then obviously something's going on with the veteran. So we can kind of adjust that because one, we don't want anything happen to the animal. And two, we sure as heck don't want anything happen to the veteran. Um, so we can dive in if we need to. There hasn't been any super major problems, but that's part of that. Um, and then it's also a way for us, if we have a, a crisis call, which we've had recently, um, our veteran knows who they're going to call. It's like, I'm not doing well, but Dave and Stacey from 22 Marks calls all the time because they're just typical veteran, you know, uh, group of people. They're awesome, right? They gave me a dog, so I'm going to call them up. Um, well, Stacy's more awesome than I am, but you know what I'm saying? Um, so they, this particular instance, um, this veteran called me, at like one in the morning, we talked for about 90 minutes and it was, it was hard. I mean, the veteran was, was crying. He was in bad shape. Um, so the whole time I'm on the call with him, I made sure that we knew where Fido was, what Fido was doing, what his plan was for Fido. And, um, you know, we talked mostly about when we weren't talking about him, we were talking about his dog and what the next steps were. So we managed to get um, this veteran on an ambulance and got him to the VA. Um, and then the next day we went and we picked up his dog. The whole time he was in therapy because he, um, he went to an inpatient. He called us every day, asked us how his dog was doing. And because he knew that he could call us directly and, and knew that we had his dog. We were taking care of his dog, which in my opinion saved his life, right? Because had he not had anyone else to call, which this particular veteran did not, um, it, it could have been very, very bad. So the design behind that is it's not just a dog. It's a way for us to connect with the veteran, the veteran to connect back with us. And then they know where, who to call when the shit hits and they're hurting, right? Now, obviously not every veteran is going to call us, but that's kind of how it's designed. And that stress test, that actual real life stress test worked for us. Um, and it was, a, it was a major win in our eyes. And then... As far as the jump is concerned, it's not just a jump. All these guys and gals come down, they jump with us, they become part of our family, and we have these group text messages with each group of jumpers that we've had, um, Operation Airborne for Vets, Operation Heart of Stone, um, and now Operation Mohawk Resurrect. We have a text message group with everyone, and we, we always reach out to each other once a month. We'll send a message. Stacy, we'll send a message, and we just make sure everyone's good to go if anyone needs anything. These people have either got a dog from us, referred us to a veteran who needs help. Um, and, you know, we can just see like the community being created and that's what we need, right? We need, we need community, we need purpose and we need um, sense of belonging, right? Um, those are the three things that we need in order to prevent veteran suicide. And uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of veterans out there that are, you know, alone, just kind of running around the world and, and not having any purpose and not really sure what to do. So if we can kind of wheel them in and bring them in as part of the community, that's what we want to do. And if there's a veteran that's listening or watching this right now that wants to create the same thing that we have somewhere out there, call me because I'll consult and I'll tell you exactly how to set something up like this step by step. Um, we don't care about money. We don't care about um, ideas, taking other people's ideas. We care about our vets and making sure that our vets are not dying by suicide. That's, that's our main focus. 
and we will never lose sight of that. We don't care about um, anything other than that, you know, and I, I think that it, we want to make that very clear. Uh, there's a lot of organizations that we've seen that, you know, their mission kind of drifts uh, once they see a little bit of love from people. And it's, uh, it sucks because we, 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 it's one mission, one fight. And if we stick together and connect, we can do great things. But if, if, if we have ulterior motives, we're going to, we're just going to hurt the, the warrior class, the, the warrior community, you know? Um, yeah. You know, and uh, you're already dealing with uh, a group of people that have trust issues. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you don't want to be, and, and, and I, I guess I'm going to probably repeat myself here, but you don't want to be the slide for someone. You want to be the ledge so, so someone can grab onto that, That's you right. know, and you don't want to, you don't want to become that extra slide. They deal with so much shit when it goes through dealing with the VA and, and, and being put through number after number and, you know, being put through a cycle. Um, the last thing they want to do is go to their, their fellow brothers and sisters and then find out that they're getting misled or, um, you know, things are, you know, it turns into a big shit fest or something. And then it turns into a problem. And then you see them saying, screw this community. And then you, you start seeing where veterans don't want to even interact with their own communities and they start disconnecting even more right. and uh, really don't have uh, anybody to connect with. Um, so it's great that you guys are, you know, another community and a ledge for folks, so to speak. We, we use the analogy yeah. static line. We're the, uh, we're the veteran static line. We pull their shoot for them and uh, let them hit the ground easy, you know? Yeah, that's great, man. And we need more and more of this. And um, like you said, one team, one mission, you know, and uh, no matter who out there is trying to do it, it, what the most important is, is they're trying to save a veteran's life. And we all need to be there and, and help each other out. No matter how big you get, we all start from somewhere, right? I mean, we all got to start and, and, and get there and gain ourselves that traction. And one of the ways doing it is just out there speaking and, and talking right. about it and, and putting it out there as much as we can. And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm glad to have you guys on and a lot of different other nonprofits and, and to give people another avenue to speak, you know, yes. as much as we can, we got to get this out there because that's the problem. I, there's a lot of times I don't know none of this until I end up meeting folks like you guys and, or, you know, I, I watch a podcast and I'm like, oh, sheesh, I didn't know that even existed. I mean, there's almost a community for every veteran's need, whether you're a skateboarder, whether you're someone that wants to jump out of a plane, whether you want to read a book. I mean, there is dang near, you want to go out fishing, you want to go out hunting, you want to yeah. go, you know, I mean, there is, you love music. There is so many different things now. And um, that's what I love. But the problem is, a lot of people don't know about it you right. know and, and it's because you just got to keep talking and just keep saying and, and no matter how redundant it may feel to someone or whatever we got to do it we just got to keep doing it because you never know how many times this message will end up getting played and who it will eventually hit you know right. at some point in time so no so true so true one of the one of the cool cool things we see is that um i mean we've spoken to so many groups we've spoken to you know Men's club, or like old timer men's clubs. We've spoken at, at corporate events. We've um, we've spoken to all veterans. Uh, we, you know, we've we've spoken to just so many groups. And one of the the biggest takeaways from us speaking is that after those 
talks, and we, we always stick around for a little bit after, there's always one person that will come up at least and they'll say, I lost my, my brother to suicide or I lost my father to suicide. And you can just see their face and they're just, they're happy to know that there's people out there just like them that they can just, it's almost like we, we immediately embrace them and hug them and bring them into the real thing, you know? And it's just, they feel relieved being able to tell us that and know that they're part of us. And they, they could be civilians, they could be vets, whatever. Um, someone will always bring that up. And it's always, it's really close to home with these people. And um, recently, one of our, our donors, um, one of our largest donors came and watched us do dog training. And um, she's an older woman. She's phenomenal. She's such a great woman. And uh, the first, so she donated. And then a couple of weeks later, she came, she watched us train. And then a couple of weeks later, she brought her, her, her son and her, his son's wife in, watched us train. And she, she put me to the side and she said, you know, my, my daughter's um, best friend died by suicide two weeks ago. And she's like, I didn't really fully understand what you guys did. She was more like on the side of the dogs. She just wanted to be part of a dog community. And she had been donating to somebody farther away that she couldn't actually physically go to. So she was happy to know that we give dogs and we help vets and she wanted to just watch what's going on. Um, we just happened to be a veteran suicide prevention org. But um, she said she didn't understand really what it meant for someone to die by suicide. And now she knows. And it almost it, it brought her in even closer um, to, to the to this this push, you know, and um, it's um, it sucks that that has to happen almost like any other disease or illness like like cancer um Hodgkin's like when someone gets that in your family you're almost like your whole mindset just shifts towards that like what can i do to help like what can i do but if but if you don't hear it it's like oh i know someone that got cancer that really sucks you know it's bad but you're not emotionally connected to that um and once it happens to you, you a piece of you is lost and you do become emotionally connected and you just want to you know do something about it but um yeah, I just I just wanted to share that because I think it's really, really powerful when there's people that are willing to say something after we speak. Right. It's like when when a leader shares their story, it almost gives the other person permission to do the same. And um, I think if more leaders out there like like us and, 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 and you, Brian, and, and then your listeners tell their story to people, you'll be surprised at how many people have experienced things very, very similar and need to talk about it. And that's why I express a lot on this show. You know, hey man, when you're on here talking, don't don't be afraid to uh, be a little vulnerable to things here and there. Um, I, you know, that's kind of how my whole podcast actually started. Is just me kind of telling my storyline, going from the time I was a child, you know, and all the childhood tr trauma I had and all that stuff. But it's things to talk about because, man, a lot of things that we do is we 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 tend to be as human beings. The more hurt we are, the more we want to try to make ourselves busy or, or try to mask things, you know, because we just want to load it up because we don't want to have that opportunity to go deal with it, you know. But something I've learned, man, in the past probably year or two maybe is having a clear mindset and, and clearing your mind, how much better of a person you become in life and when it comes to even dealing with other problems and everything. You know, and, and how I wish I would have dealt with so much more crap and shit that I had a long time ago instead of just keep trying to act like I'm a fucking tough dude all the time. And, and, you know, there ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm good. I'm good. And uh, just trying to shove it down. And how many relationships I could have probably saved? How many, you know, 
ways I could have reacted to a better situation, how much of a father I could have been to my two older kids. Uh, there's just so many things. If I would have fucking dealt with all that stuff earlier or talked about it, but you know, a lot of our generation, bro, we were taught like to just suck it up, man, you know, and, and just kind of move forward, which, you know, you got to be careful. You know, there's two, you could go way too crazy on one side, but I think it's good. And, it, and, and the healthy leader is someone that can deal with their, you know, deal with things and admit yep. that, that something's wrong or whatever. And the only way you'll ever fix it is admitting that there's that problem. And that's, that's the only right. way you'll get past it and being able to adjust it. That's right. It's, yes. But, it's so, so true. But yeah, the more that we all talk about it and we show that there's conversations that we're okay to have, the more everybody else will start coming out and saying, you know what, man, shish, I can learn from this too. You know, or I, I've experienced this myself. Yep. No, I, there's so many of us that are out there like that. You know, um, I recently read a book called Haunted by Combat and um, it, it starts off and it talks about veterans who have had significant childhood traumas and certain levels of it and how that childhood trauma translate to the way that you handle things overseas. Um, and then when you come back. Right. And, and how bad it's actually beat you down and, and kind of hindered your maturity, your emotional maturity as a young person and then how you oh, grow yeah. up. And it can really, really um, uh, like weaken the way that you your resilience towards like seeing, you know, buddies getting killed or or, or watching civilians getting killed. And um, it's, it, that is a big piece to a lot of this the suicide, um, you know, epidemic. Right. It's that, that childhood stuff. But. Just, just bringing up. I know you said that you had that, and um, I think yeah, I think yeah. a good bit of us actually kind of have, you know, um, different levels, no. of course. And what you're saying, bro, makes a hundred percent. Like it, it relates to me. What you're saying even more that like just connects things for me because I do think a lot of us. Uh, there's a lot of people in general that have childhood, you know, traumas from you know earlier days and just you know getting the whoopings and and stuff like that. I'm not saying everybody has, but Man, I mean, you know, there was like go get a branch from the tree type feeling back in the day, you know, and uh, people got some real ass whoopings, and 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 there's just certain things that you know we dealt with as kids that we always just kind of shoved down and never really talked about it, you know what I mean? And yeah. and now as I've had the opportunity to slow down, slow life down, start looking and smelling the flowers and and touching things and saying. Man, I, I think I've always lived life just and in, in passed by so much stuff because, you know, I'm just, I've been always like tunnel vision. But when I've had the chance to sit back, you can open up that tunnel vision and start seeing everything around you as well. And you're like, golly, man, you know, there's a lot of shit there, you know, and, 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 and I had to process it. It's like, you know, I feel like we all start off kind of like a baseline in life. You know, when we're all born, we have that even baseline. We're all happy and, everybody's just friends and there's just no problems and shit, you know, then all of a sudden awesome. start, start things start happening, man. And then the layers just start forming, you know, right. and the more that you don't deal with those, they become part of your, your, your base, you know what I mean? And, and you start getting more of a harden of a person instead right. of having layers. Now it's all becoming one. And instead of just knocking those layers out and, um, that's something I've had to learn is starting to chisel some of this stuff up, man. Yeah, understanding it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. Definitely. Because, uh, I mean, I don't even have a relationship with my mom now. And, 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 you know, as I've been becoming an adult and there's so much has happened in, in a lot of it, I translate to when I was a kid, man. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Same. Same. It's those, I get those mommy issues, man. And it's, uh, yeah, it's brutal. I, yeah. You were saying like whoopings. I got verbal, verbal whoopings or just no yeah. verbal yeah. at all, you know? And it was, uh, it does something to you. And I think as you get older, at, like as I've been reading about like mental health, mental fitness and trauma, like a lot of it leads back to that. And I'm like, oh, I, like I got to think about why did I react this way? Why can't I snap out of this, you know, consistent um, bad behavior? You know, it's not like bad, but it's like it just doesn't work. Right. And uh, it, a lot of it, uh, you know, I'm not going to blame anyone else, but I just got to kind of dive into that and figure it out. <laughs> you know oh yeah man and and that's it some of this stuff is just things that you know you're never going to go back and be able to fix what happened it's it's just how can you deal with it in in in, in a healthy way like when something happens in your life mm -hmm. you, you don't have some crazy ass reaction and it's in like i said i feel like my reaction now today's like even like with my my relationship with my wife, like just reaction to any kind of conversations and stuff like that. Since I've been a little bit in a better, clearer mind, I'm able to have a better conversation. I don't feel like the argument gets at such a like a higher level sometimes where I fight fire with fire. I more or less just kind of try to be the the calm, you know, in the storm at the you know, and try not to be storming with the storm, you know, or just try to back off and like figure it out more not versus i i would always be more of the zero to 60 you know and just you know and then then you got to go back and say fuck man i said a lot of badass shit right there i'm sorry <laughs> you know i didn't mean that you know, <laughs> I know. daily but I definitely daily. gotten a lot healthier with it but you just you yeah. know it's just getting there is is it's time man it's taken me like 42 years or whatever so you <laughs> know brian that's a. Uh better late than never you know no, absolutely i mean and part of it is you just have to own a lot of things you know you got to own it and, and yeah. in, in order in order to fix it you got to own it right and that's Agreed. just kind of my philosophy in life and uh, once you own it and you can and then you can move on from it and and just say you know i i messed up here but now i want to do better totally do yeah. better yep do better that's right yeah. So, Stacy, how do you deal with you know being around the veteran world all the time and stuff? Because <laughs> um, uh, it takes a special lady to deal with us veterans. Um, yeah. I, I definitely know that, and that because I my I found my wife, and I've been blessed to have a woman to accept me for me and my my ways. But well, that's yeah. a loaded question, Brian. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think I have a whole new appreciation and understanding for like what, you know, men and women who have served go through and, and understanding on a deeper level, um, the commitment, that type of, you know, career, so to speak is, um, is huge. And I think for civilians, like even my dad had served and I knew he was like on a boat and I knew, you know, but it never, I never really understood. He didn't talk much about, um, any of that, but like, until I started, you know, getting closer with Dave and then um, the, the men and women we work with and understanding on a deeper level, the patterns and the similar things you see going on and how much of your life you invest into this. It's in, 
the, the changes that happen when you're trained to, you know, go over there and be a certain way and you come back and it's like, why aren't you, you know, understanding the level of empathy I need or the level of compassion or these things that, you know, women, men need it to, um, are expecting, you know, so kind of just understanding, I think, um, more is, been one of the most eye-opening things for me and being able to you know help the people that we bring into our family here is just been amazing and it's a, a lot of consistent patterns that we do see though um with the people that come in and I think for again the spouses and the family members you know you don't know unless somebody's talking and telling you about their actual experiences which most people aren't doing so you're, you're never really understanding you know until you can get into a place and we bring you know we encourage obviously if if that wants to come by themselves and not have a spouse or family member that's completely fine but we always encourage like you can always bring your family members we started the mohawk minions which is for kids so it's kids helping kids lighter topic yeah. we're not like putting the suicide piece into it but we're bringing in the kids so that you know they can start to do things to help one another um on that so that's been really cool as well but we really want to bring the families in and have them have a better understanding of what you know the veteran goes through what you guys have been through um on a deeper level because i think we all have this idea what we think and it's usually not accurate i love that and you know i i think it's very true especially this is talking to the younger version of me when i first got out and um dating and stuff like that i think a lot of uh women impression especially like you know oh he's a marine bad you know he's tough as shit you know yeah yeah, yeah you know you know but there's still a human in there. Right. You know, and I still, you know, have feelings and stuff like that too. Yeah. I act like a tough ass and all this shit too. But you know, when you do become vulnerable and you're younger, sometimes like, to, I feel like they're like, Oh, you should be tough. You know, what are you crying about? You know, you know, and you feel like, then you're like, Oh, you know, shit, I need, yeah, fucking, I need to be tough. Shut the, you know, <laughs> shut up. You know, <laughs> um, that was kind of like, I know that, when I first started dating, that was kind of a thing that, you know, it, a lot of them just expected you just to be a tough son of a bitch all the time, you know, and, and not have those vulnerable moments um, because they think that you're trained or whatever. But, you know, I assure you that just because someone's uh, gone to combat or, or whatever, that they have zero kind of feelings in their life, they're, they're there. You know what I mean? They just, they react differently then maybe you do, you know, and that's the thing we always expect for someone to react a certain way. Just because maybe you react that way doesn't mean that A, B, C, and D react that way, you know, and we got to do some of those expectations on some people and realize that, hey, just because they're not reacting does the way that you think they should be reacting doesn't mean they don't have a reaction to it. I love that. Yep. I think you nailed that for sure. I think so too, because yeah. I think even with Dave here, like, I think, you know, it's easy to think because he's not outwardly emotional, showing emotions. So for you, you just like, oh, that doesn't bother them. Or you don't think it because unless they're expressing it, you don't know, you know, certain things could be really bothering, but you just would never know. But then when you put that shell on and you're being told so much that you have to be that way, you know, sharing that your feelings, right? Feelings, you need like an emotions wheel. <laughs> How are you feeling today? <laughs> well, it's like you mentioned, yeah. you mentioned training, Brian, too. It's like, in the, in the infantry, you train reflexive fire, right? So you stand in the isosceles, um, you look at a target that looks like a human being, and over and over, you ready up, boom, boom, right? Ready up, and you just train reflexive fire over and over and over, and you see the same visual, you know, um, that, that human being looking target, cardboard cutout. 
So when you go overseas, when it's time to actually do that, it's just reactive. It's reflexive. You just aim, pull the trigger and move out. Right. Like you're not thinking about someone else's family. You're not thinking about memory, man. Or goat. Right. You're not thinking about that. You're thinking about mission first. I'm out. Drop that dude. And then, you know, you transition out and there's no reflexive fire training on how to, you know, be empathetic or like have understanding towards other human beings or other individuals. So when you get out and you're you find yourself in a stressful situation, it's that same reaction, that reflexive fire of like. 100% 100% violence, you know, ver- whether it's verbal violence or you're mentally being violent in your head, like, because it's your reaction, you've trained that way over and over and over. So people are like, oh, you know, you're, you're quintessential, you know, the stigma about a, vent, uh, a veteran, like just being violent. And it's like, well, I mean, it's not abnormal for a veteran to just be 100 miles an hour when something's not going right, because they've trained that way for years and years and years. And if you understand that, then you'll understand like, oh, well, he's not crazy. He's just done this over and over and over. It's like waking up in the morning and brushing your teeth and going to the bathroom. Like you do that over and over. And you know those days where you are running late and you don't get to do that and then you feel like shit? It's because you <laughs> do that so much over and over. And you're right. like, oh my God, my day's ruined because I, I haven't sat on my, the toilet this morning, right? Yep. Um, so I think where there's kind of a disconnect in the military is, is they need to spend just a little bit longer training that like let's we've trained so well to be warriors now let's train to kind of you know um decompress in how we should think about things on the way out and i think that there would be a lot less um there'd be a lot less stigma there'd probably be a lot less um suicide veterans would have more empathy towards their family their wives um you know because it's like you're getting you're getting a tiff with your wife and you're just like shut down right like i can't hear you this doesn't affect me at all and well, I think there's a little bit of an expectation for us to think that they understand us or uh, like understand us what we're going through. And, 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 and they don't sometimes understand it. Like they don't right. realize the zero to 60. It took a while for my wife to learn about it. When she started like educating herself about PTSD and about some of the things that I've gotten, you know, and, and the way that I act about things. And once she has really taken the time to like, and now she knows about it she's more now she's she looks out for me when we go out to places like she understands how i like to sit all right so you know she understands where where we sit and you know she's now now she leads the way with so much of it because she's so much more educated and it's not like we don't have to fight about it or anything and she understands even when i'm having my moment you know when you're having that fucking uh zero to 60 moment like you know it, you know she just knows like she knows how to more or less to decompress the situation versus escalate it, which yep. sometimes yep. that happens in, in relationships where we'll throw fire on fire because we're just like, you know, I'm gonna have the fucking steel. <laughs> you know, and, and we're all humans. I mean, we and we all get like that, you know. I mean, it's just you, know, you gotta learn at some point in time where that becomes super unhealthy and mm-hmm. and, and and that that's an unhealthier way of and how can we decompress this? We'll come back to this situation once we have some time to decompress and think about it. I went through yep. this whole Del Carnegie course a while back. And um, one of the things they taught you there is, is never to react impulsively. Like if you get an email, it, to react to it, it's a bad email, to react to it immediately. 
They say right. read it, give yourself some time to leave the emotions away, get the you know, and 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 get back to logic. Because a lot of times when you get something, you get super emotional about it. Well, when you're over emotional, logic goes to, to the wasteland. You know what I mean? And and you just you know when you get like spun up and emotional, all logic goes out the window. <laughs> Yeah. You get an amygdala hijack, so your brain can't even process logically. And if you get stuck in that phase, it's it it takes way more to get out of it. So if you can just like you said, sit there and cool down before you get going, because once you start going, it's gonna be harder to stop. And then you hit send and then you're like, Ooh, did I just do that? Yeah. yeah and then sometimes when you start getting that wheel going and you really start going and you're spitting out so many more words and then then at the end you're just like, I hate that part. You're like, God. I hate the part when you gotta say, "I I shouldn't have said that." I and then you gotta go back and say, "You know, I'm really sorry. I know I shouldn't have said that." You know, but uh, you know, tongue could be like a dagger, man, and sometimes it does that damage. You know, and that's why I try to not uh, be impulsive with my reactions anymore. Like I, you know, and try to work on that reaction because, man, reaction creates action. And however you react, it's going to create some kind of action. You can, if you react to something in some way, it can literally make the difference on how that the outcome of it comes. Right. You know, well, like it like brings me back to the whole like accountability thing or self accountability. You know, it's like you have to hold yourself accountable for the things that you do. Um, and if you're like, if you're like holding yourself back from sending an email that could be not appropriate because you're having that amygdala hijack, like Stacy said. Um, you could get yourself in trouble. And the same is true, like with your mental health. If you're having a hard time with your mental health and you seek help, sometimes it doesn't go the way that you want it to go. Right. So you just, you, um, um, you change course of action, right? You, um, you, you change your framework. Like I, I know a lot of veterans that will go to the VA and they like get pissed off because the VA rep isn't a good rep. Um, so they flip out and they just, it's not good. It's like, well, if that, if that, therapist doesn't work for you just ask to see another one yes it's going to take a little time right ask to see another one hold yourself accountable and don't don't lose your mind there's so many of us that have have issues right you just i i see it a lot that vets just they they expect a, a lot of stuff without putting in a, their own work and you have yeah. to self-reflect you have to hold yourself accountable and you can't blame others you have to just wheel it in focus on what your issues are right and just tackle those issues one by one. If it takes a year, if it takes 10 years, focus on self, hold yourself accountable. And I feel like that's, that's one of the, the, I don't even want to call it an issue, but one of the, the fails that we have in our community is it's like, well, oh, I'm a vet, you know, I'm disabled. Um, give me this. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. you got to put in your own work too. Um, and sometimes, yes, you should have expectations, right? But you should also hold yourself to a high standard. And, and, and lead yourself to, to the healing that you need. Absolutely. Totally agree. It's important, man. I mean, it is important. And, and the sooner you can realize the stuff, the, the quicker you can get yourself fixed and, and, and save. Like I, I, and I can tell you from story after story, how many of us have probably blown and ruined relationships because we just didn't fix ourselves or we just didn't deal with the our our issues and the way we dealt with it was we are hurt people hurting other people you know and so 
in some cases, we just were projecting what we were having onto others, and it was unwarranted. And sometimes you burn those bridges, and uh, you know it's so it's good to work on your stuff as soon as you can, and try to get that help and realize it. And I, in, the military does need to do a better job, and they should be like linking up with uh, programs like you guys. You guys should be directly. The, the military should be dang near looking at you guys to come in, talk to these guys, you know, have representations from a lot of these nonprofits and not rely so heavily on the VA um, to, to go do everything. And, 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 you know, some of these nonprofits are, are going to do so much better for these veterans than the VA can, can do. The VA can only do so much. And that's like compensation, get you some doctor appointments here and there, but the actual, that mental, physical, like the, the mental and camaraderie fixing stuff, that's only going to be done with the hands of fellow, you know, brothers and sisters and, and people that have gone through that same shit. Um, right. There's just a big trust factor there, like I said, within the veteran community um, where uh, they have a lack of trust for, you know, certain things. And, and, and the people that they feel they could trust the most, you know, are people that they probably serve with. And uh, they that they feel most comfortable around, you know. That's right. Yeah, I was I was recently asked um, by a civilian person. They they asked me if um, I thought that the the active military should change their policies within service to help people that have have mental health issues, right? And 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 I think back to my time in service and how I was um, pretty hard on some of my guys when they did show weakness, you know. And I mean, we're in the we're in the business of war fighting, right? Yeah. We're in the yep. business of indoors, shooting people in the face. So it's like, we don't have time to like, look, if you're having mental health stuff, move on, right? Go, right? But while we're fighting wars and doing like dirty shit, we really don't have time while we're doing that to like, you know, stop and put a no. bandaid on. No. We just, yeah. we have to drive on. On yeah. the way out, yes, there should be more focus. So when right. the vet out they're not having that issue um and it's like the the military as a whole we're war fighters we have to fight we have to do it we have to be hard on our people just the way that it is it's it sucks but that's just how it is it's, it's, the enemy that we go against doesn't play nice no you know and i mean he's got heads yeah. off the gold nice i mean they don't they don't play against the you know we go against the the geneva convention and the nato all that the laws of you know the right. you know yeah our enemy don't play like that and so i mean we can't sit there and be you know we yes you have to work on these guys i mean in terms of understand that combat war can break the strongest human being okay so when you break them try to fix them a little bit before they go out and you and they're going to go out to the rest of this world you know, um, not everybody's going to need that fixing, but there are some people that are out there that, that have gotten broken and need help to be fixed before they go out there and put their, you know, put their signature on the civilian line and, and become a civilian and then try to get into relationships with other, you know, people that don't understand them and, uh, and them to kind of think that everybody expects them to kind of understand them it's it, it's a, a big thing that i don't know how I, I think the problem is is that um 
you know, in, in terms of at least the Marine Corps, uh, the, the feeling that I always had was they were more interested in us because while we were there serving, but once we were getting out, man, they didn't really care. You know what I mean? Like once they found out you, you went to that last, there was the career jammer. We called him the career jammer. You see him one last time before you get out, man. Once you kind of told him, nah, bro, I don't want to do, you know, I'm good. I'm ready to just, you know, get, get out. They're done. You know what I mean? It's like, boom, they're done with your ass. And it's like, go on. And I get it, dude. Probably the time that I got out, which was 2000. And okay. So I came home. I went to, you know, uh, I was over in the Middle East in 2003. When I came home, they, uh, we, we were fresh, fresh from coming over from the combat zone. And, uh, they just sent us out in the world, man. Yeah. And, uh, no, no, no kind of, uh, training or nothing. We didn't know what PTSD was. Uh, You know, we, we weren't really familiar with any of that. No, not at all. Not at all. I had, you know, almost no clue uh, when I got out and then, uh, then John died and I was like, gosh, this is, uh, this is crazy. You know, like the, the army forgot about me and, and, and I forgot about John kind of deal. And it, it just, you know, made me feel really, really guilty that um, I wasn't there for him. But like, you know, since, since the start of the global war on terror in September 11, 2001, there's been uh, roughly 7,100 combat related deaths. And in that same time frame, there's been, you know, over 125,000 suicides. Uh, the numbers just, I mean, I'm sure you've heard the number, uh, yeah, but it's, just, yeah. it's, it's insane. And it's like I, uh, um, a study done by the Mission, Michigan National Guard found that organizations that give dogs to veterans, that there's a 0% suicide rate. And um, we've, all the people that have got dogs from us haven't died by suicide or, or they're still alive. And I think that it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's such a simple concept that it's just grown significantly. And I think anyone, anyone can do it. And um, if you have the, if you have the ability to do something like that, if you have the time, um, shit, if you can do one dog a year in your local town to a vet, like you're, you're without a doubt saving a life. There's no question. You're not just saving the life of a vet that you've given a dog to you're saving your own because the impact that that has on my soul, every time I hand a dog over to a vet and a grown man looks at me and tears up and says, thank you. You, you saved my life is just probably the most rewarding feeling um, I've ever felt, you know, and that will do the same to anyone who does it, you know, very, very simple concept. Um, you, you just got to put in a little bit of work. Well, they've always said, you know, a man's best friend. And I know that, that so many people out there are, you know, become these dogs don't just are be, you know, aren't just dogs. Some of them are legit. They're family members. And, and these people uh, celebrate their ha- their birthdays and and, oh, and yeah. stuff like that. Oh, yeah. You know, it so it does it. You know it. You know, little little animals. They and they are the most loving little things. You know, you can scream at them and tell them to get out of here or whatever. They'll come right back up to you, wagging their tail, wanting you to pet it. You know, I know. So, yeah. and, and they're just you know that's that's one thing, and I can see how um, you know dogs and 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 you know, any kind of animal in general, I mean, that someone really has a passion in or loves and wants to take care of, you know, how much that can do for your, your health and stuff like that, your mental health. Big time. I mean, it, it does for me, you know, the little sons of bees don't live long enough. You know, know what I mean? And, I know. you know, like, but when you start really loving them, it's like, 
<laughs> little things, man. It's funny you say that because I'm so morbid with that. I like I think about that all the time. I'm like Googling like how long my dog's a minpin and I'm like, how long do they live? Like how much time do I have? He does. You know? like, and he I'm gets like, into kicks and I'm like, relax. Uh, no, it doesn't. Three. It's not it's good okay. for me. But like, um, yeah, I mean, you're right. They, they just definitely don't live long enough. And um, I, I, a lot of the nightmares that I have is like, it brings me back overseas and it's like my dog's getting killed and there's nothing that I can do about it. It's not mm-hmm. like, somebody in uniform it's literally like my dog <laughs> fighting next to me you know and i'm yeah. like, oh my, I'm like, uh, I'm like yeah. shit like crying and i'm like shit i need some medication you know it's like um this is a true story <laughs> he's not kidding you know it's like uh that that's that's what happens to me is my my nightmares are like family members overseas with me and then something happens and i can't help them it's just like helpless you know it's, uh, it's funny how we always like these little dogs because i even have my little Pomeranian and she, her name's Pixie. And yeah, she's my little girl, man. And I, wow. I it's, you know, she's, I love her like to death. So Shit, I love Pixie already too. <laughs> she's a, she's a cute little dog, man. I tell you. And then we have a Chorky. So we have a Pomeranian and a Chorky and they're both little, little dogs. I mean, yeah. everybody yeah. likes uh, the Chorky better. His name's Cooper. Um, just cause he's a cute little ugly dog he looks kind of like a gremlin i call you know <laughs> yeah. Uh, you but, yeah yeah you, send you guys some photos yeah uh that dude he's uh the ugliest cute dog you'd ever see <laughs> i love it i love it well what did you say his name was brian cooper cooper yeah we got, got cooper it. and pixie yeah i love uh, i love human names for dogs i think it's hilarious it's like who's that well that's uh that's william a friend or your friend yeah Uh, so funny i love it man that's great well you guys got anything else you guys want to talk about or any i forgot or any messages out there you want to leave before uh you guys uh, sign off basically i mean if anybody needs anything from us you can go to our website um the www.22mohawks.com boom there you go you're on it and um dave and i um, emails at the bottom and also like you know dave and i are you know doing a lot of things but we have a great team of like amazing people behind us we have kylie she's our canine director she sources dogs for us she's amazing we have diego he um just does a ton of events for us and different things like that he's a huge peer support um we have tara dr kafari dr kafari she does um a therapy session so we just like want to give a shout out to our team because we wouldn't be able to do the things oh, we do with them. they're awesome yep Absolutely. Um, Any other shout outs you want to give? You guys are more than welcome. This is a opportunity to plug away. Uh, oh, now we're on the spot. Now we'll forget somebody. It's like when you do a tag and you're like, shit, I forgot. You're like, just no tag. And then I don't, I don't have to worry about forgetting anybody. But just our whole team. People know who they are. At Carlos. everyone. You know, <laughs> at everyone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. At everybody. And so um, just in our whole 22 Mohawks family, like literally, we wouldn't have what we have if it wasn't for every single person who does one of our events with us who just stops by like everybody you know adds a piece to what we do when they you know come part of our family so we have the 22 mohawks family too it's just a private facebook group um but people share in there there's a lot of engagement um we post events other people can post things and really just you know once you come into our community you're part of the family we love you and you know anything we can do for anybody just reach out to us anytime and you know we can't handle it we'll find somebody who can so Absolutely. We're here if anybody can. I'm not sure if you guys are on my Facebook group or not, uh, but if you're not, 
please come over and okay. share your Vince away. Uh, share your Vince away in there. Um, definitely, that is uh, my that Facebook group is for all my people in there for them to share everything. I, that's what Love it's it. about. So. Awesome. awesome. But uh, once again, I really appreciate you guys coming on, taking the time, telling your stories, uh, talking about some pretty tough stuff. I think it's important for you know everybody to see these kind of conversations go down. It's a really good, and uh, you guys are really helping a lot of people out. In uh, my gosh, I, I can only see this thing being amazing with you guys at the helm of it. You guys are amazing people, and uh, I'm I'm blessed to have gotten the opportunity for you guys to come on the show and meet you guys. Really appreciate are that, Ryan. Are you guys gonna gonna be out in uh, Nebraska at the Hero Stock? the hero stock um we we think we had something else what's the date of that september 9th day before my birthday oh yeah we could probably get out there if you guys go you guys should and uh, i i'm gonna fly out from california to get to it um there's gonna be a lot of great people a lot of nonprofits out there Um, yeah great time to uh connect and uh network awesome yeah we'll definitely uh look into that that could be an option yeah. All right. Well, uh, if you guys could hold tight, I'll uh, be back there with you guys uh, shortly. And uh, thanks again. No, thank thanks, you Brian. for having us. Thank you. Well, all right, friends and fam, that wraps up another great episode. Uh, go check them out. Like I said, they are doing some great things. Uh, 22 Mohawks, they are out there helping our veterans. And, um, you know, that is what we need in this community as much help as we can get. And uh, please share, share this out with everybody. Um, Let them know who the 22 Mohawks are and what they're doing. All right. And I appreciate each and every one of you guys for watching, sharing the show. And until next time. Er.